Welcome to another episode of The Heart Chamber. I am your host, Boots Knighton. On today's episode, I interview Carrie Potter. Carrie is a professional yoga teacher, Reiki therapist, sound healer, and co-creator of Greenhouse Yoga and Energy Arts in Teton Valley, Idaho, alongside her husband, Jordan Potter. Carrie and I have a incredible conversation about alternative healing when it comes to the heart. She was instrumental in helping me prepare for open heart surgery. Carrie provides some simple tools for us to do at home to relieve symptoms, whether it is physical heart symptoms or mental or emotional distress. I hope you find this episode helpful. If you do, please subscribe. Also, I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review. And if you feel moved, go to theheartchamberpodcast.com and make a donation. Your donation makes a huge difference in helping me keep the podcast going. I'm so excited for you to listen to Carrie and I's conversation. So let's get to it. Welcome to the show today, Carrie. Thank you so much for being with me. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. So Carrie Potter and I have been dear friends. I actually don't know how long it's been. This this amazing flow that we've been in for several years now. And I first came to know Carrie through yoga in Teton Valley. And then I have also benefited from her husband's Qigong. But then Carrie and I's friendship continued to blossom beyond that. And she was a part of my heart journey at such a pivotal time, actually before I had my open heart surgery. And I was the incredibly lucky recipient of her energy healing as well as her sound healing. And I wanted to bring Carrie on today because I want this podcast to reach listeners far and wide, and you could be a heart warrior in the middle of nowhere and not have access to many caregivers or providers, and still you can find hope and healing in this podcast. And so I invited Carrie on today to share some of her her healing with us. And so just thinking back to those months prior to my open heart surgery, when I would come to your beautiful healing space in the middle of Teton Valley, Carrie, let's, let's just dive into that. And she laughs. It's very sweet. You know, Mm -hmm. who knew a pandemic would bring actually so many amazing, beautiful, new beginnings through an obviously challenging time for the whole collective. But yes, so we have this greenhouse 20 feet from my back door that Jordan, my husband, he built in like 2007 and used to grow food and zinnias and, you know, took food to restaurants. And and then he kind of got through that phase of life. And it was kind of just like his art studio. He's an artist professionally as well. And so, and it was kind of like a storage area. And when um, COVID happened and the yoga studio we met at, we all met at, closed. He was like, he had the vision, like, well, we could have, you know, small classes and private do Zoom out here. And I was, oh my gosh, it is just transforming this really beautiful space. So he's got a lot of his artwork in it and there's growing, you know, plants and flowers. And we like to say that we're growing yogis now. 
Yeah. <laughs> but you still have beautiful flowers in there. We we do. There's a lot of we do a lot of plant sitting for our students and clients. So they winter their plants in there, which <laughs> make it more beautiful. But it has really just been an organically grown base. The art offerings, it's all just kind of it's kind of been blooming really just this last year, I feel like. Okay. Yeah, so people can come, you know, for, we have yoga classes every week and Qigong. And, you know, our focus is not only on the physical realm, but, you know, yoga is a holistic practice. So it's going to touch mental, emotional, spiritual. And we really highlight kind of the blend of the physical body with our subtle energy body in that Qigong, which, you know, literally means energy work you're doing energy work in Qigong. Um, I bring that into my yoga classes. So we, we really feel like that is a priority of teaching people how to connect with their own energy, which means connecting with their own emotions because emotions are simply energy in motion. So mm. yeah, and then we have these sound baths that we've been doing that I've been leading and bringing in sound healing as well. So really it's about moving energy. And um, so that's what the sound does and Reiki and the yoga. Yeah, amazing. And I've just recently more acquainted with the the sound bath. And at first I was like, that sounds a little hokey. I mean, I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Yeah, and, totally. and I it's the real deal. And with every different instrument you play, my body has a different experience mm-hmm. physically. Like yeah. yeah. And when I leave, I can't do anything the rest of the evening. I just mm-hmm. kind of have to sit there and chill. And then I sleep yeah. so amazing. Awesome. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, the, it is really has become a microcosm of like healing for the valley. Sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like no. it is truly a microcosm mm. of healing. Mm. Huh. Yeah. Well, I'm so grateful to be stepping more into that and sharing that because the, you know, the science of sound is that we're activating the alpha and the theta brainwaves, which are our access to relaxation and meditation and creativity and our higher self. And so the sounds are doing that in our brain, which is turning on the, you know, parasympathetic nervous system. And we know as you know, Americans, Western, we all need to chill out and we need to activate our parasympathetic nervous system and actually feel relaxation. And especially here in Teton Valley, because we all are very active people, we need that balance. So I feel like the sound is really supporting that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So think, speaking of the parasympathetic uh, mm-hmm. nervous system. So when I was receiving Reiki from you, were you working with that in preparation for my heart surgery? Working with your nervous system? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Reiki is a tool. Mm-hmm. So I'm just thinking back to this. I, I came several times before I left for California and for, you know, Stanford, where I had all that testing done and obviously the pandemic ended up shutting down my open heart surgery and I had to wait a few more weeks. But those sessions that I received from you, I can recall one in particular. Well, all of them were really powerful, but there was one in particular where you played or where you used the singing bowl, the crystal singing bowl yeah, with the heart frequency. 
And I had a really physically profound experience. Can we talk about that? Yeah. What do you want me to say about it? (laughs) (laughs) Everything. Like, I guess, you know, what I'm getting at, Carrie, is, you know, I want people to understand that, like, Reiki was such a crucial part of my preparation for surgery, like, and afterwards. But, you know, I've been thinking a lot lately about how did I have such a successful open heart surgery? I mean, I really did. And I, I was even discharged from the hospital earlier than, you know, than they normally would discharge a open heart surgery patient. And there was a lot of different factors that went into that, but I truly believe your Reiki helped me get prepared. And I want listeners to open up their minds to what I used to think was woo-woo Reiki. It's Uh really not. So did I. Um, And yeah, and it really should be a part of preparing for and then healing from open heart surgery. Yeah, so Reiki, those of you... You don't know what it is. You know, Reiki, it's it's a life force and chi, chi, energy. So it's about accessing life force energy, which energy is all around us. Everything gives off energy and that, that can be shown and proven and all that. So when you're, when you're working with Reiki, a practitioner like myself, like I'm using my hands, which all of our hands are electromagnetic, biomechanical or magnetic and give off a frequency. And so we can use energy with intention. So I feel like Reiki is powerful because it's also using intentions. The intention is to support healing, to support someone's you know nervous system, to support emotional healing, whatever the client's working with. In your case, it was pre- this preparation. So it was really about just helping you to feel a sense of peace confidence in the process and safety. Really, the nervous system wants to feel safety. And when we've had traumatic experiences, it can get, you know, off balance because it's not feeling safe anymore. We have to bring in these practices to help. Reiki helps that. That's why Reiki helps with trauma. Mm. So you're essentially, it's just I'm guiding energy flow into the body. And it really focuses on, you know, the seven chakras your energy field, the meridians of the body through Chinese medicine. And so that experience that you had, you know, it was like I was just directing energy flow into your heart. Now, the bowl brings another type of frequency that's moving energy through the sound, but also the vibration of the crystal bowl is literally moving through your body, your tissues. It works with the water in the body. We're made up of mostly water and fluids. So that came in and that brought some release for you, which maybe you want to share more about, but that's kind of a general idea of what Reiki is going to do. And so I do want to also add, like, it's going to bring up any unprocessed emotions that need to come into your awareness to be moved. Energy, again, needs to move. Emotions are messengers. They're here to inform you of something. And if we judge them, shut them down, stuff them, we're actually creating more of an imbalance within our body. 
And so Reiki is going to help that process of movement. Beautiful. That, thank you for that explanation. Yeah. And something you said that really just resonated, feeling safe in the body. And that was something yeah. I was not experiencing at the time. Before your surgery? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like my heart was ready to murder me, you know, yeah. and yeah. And I mean, it really did not want to murder me, but I just felt so unsafe and I felt like I was a walking heart attack, you know, yeah. ready to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, from other heart warriors I've spoken with, they experience and report the same. And so I can only imagine had, you know, I not been, you know, the receiver of your love and care and Reiki, I wonder how I would have gone into that surgery because. I can't imagine that's that's helpful to go into a surgery with a jacked nervous system. No, because you're, you know, mm. surgery is another traumatic experience for the body. Even if it's needed and it will support you, it's still a trauma to the body. So uh-huh. to be supporting your nervous system as much before and after, it just seems like key. And it sounds like it, you felt that you felt that that supported you through that process. Yeah. And I was, you know, did. I also, I remember we also did like, I did a couple distance Reiki for you when you were in the hospital too. And so I just want to, you know, kind of just share about that because it's hard to wrap our minds around like distance energy work. Like your hands aren't on my body or I'm not with you. And how does that work? And oh, that can't work. And it's like, well, if we think about meditation and and prayer, and how, again, it's an intention. And intention actually does travel. It's, it's part of our cosmic being and, you know, being in this, this world of we are all connected of, through vibration and energetically. And so I can put the intention toward you like I did in the hospital as you're telling me about your process. And, you know, I can set the intention. I can go through your body. I can offer that that intention, that healing energy. And it sounds like you had an experience where you're ex- where that process went better than you would have thought. And so it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, and other people okay. who are, yeah. you know, a lot of times I'm on the phone usually with people. We weren't, we just, I did it, you know, distantly. You were doing your own thing, but it works. All I'm saying is until you have the experience, you don't know until you try it. <laughs> Right. And, you know, I think some, some listeners might struggle with the word intention. Mm-hmm. So maybe um, substitute in the word prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just, it's like, like your heart's desire. What is your heart's desire? Put that out there. You know, our heart has mm-hmm. its own nervous system. <laughs> it is freaking powerful, as you all know, in this even more intentional prayerful heart journey you've been on. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's my tangent. Well, and you know, and I think I've said this to you over one of our many tea dates, but since my heart's surgery, I've been turned into even more of a barometer than I already was. And I just can sense anything and everything. And yeah, I'm learning to work with that better now and to have, yeah. you know, more energetic boundaries. But for like yep. the first year of going into a room, I could pick up on everybody's energy. Yeah. After heart surgery, it was it was really uncomfortable. <laughs> I bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 30 feet out, we can um, feel into a room with our heart. 
So good. I'm glad you've been learning some boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and before Carrie and I started recording today, I was telling her that she is one of my greatest teachers for energetic boundaries and caring for oneself. And that is another superpower she has. She seems to have a lot of superpowers. And she's actually going to share with us some healing right now or ways for us to 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 work with our own energy. Yeah. I don't know if I said that right, Carrie. Um, correct my words. I'm no, still learning how right to talk on. about all of this. <laughs> so that was right on. Perfect. I just say you have superpowers want- and go from there. <laughs> I want you all to know that you have superpowers too. And so what you're just saying is we all have the power to work with our own energy. And so I'm just gonna offer I mean, talk about empowerment. Um, That's probably been my biggest lesson on my own health journey is all the ways that I can support myself in between other people who support me, whether it's doctors or acupuncturists or all these other holistic, you know, team. Okay, so the first kind of trick I wanted to share is called... I don't even want to tell you what it's called. I just want us to do it first. But what I want to tell you about is that it's going okay. to calm your nervous system. And it's simply going to be placing one or two fingers right at the notch of your throat under your Adam's apple. Rather than, I think it's called like the sternal notch. And you're just going to hold here and you can have your eyes open with a soft gaze or you can close your eyes. And you're just going to begin to breathe. And what if our listeners are driving? So if I actually do this when I'm driving, so don't close your eyes. Oh, okay. If you're driving, do not close your (laughs) eyes, but you can have, you know, and if you feel like, oh, I need both hands on the wheel, then put both hands on the wheel and imagine you have fingers resting here. So we can use our mind-body connection, very powerful visualization, very powerful. Okay, so... Just take some slow, deep breath now in through the nose as you breathe into your belly. And now exhale out the mouth. And continue to follow the pace of your breath, breathing into your belly, up into your lungs. Exhale slowly out the mouth. Just continuing to breathe. As you offer this loving touch to your body and also offer this communication to your nervous system. And you might even say to your nervous system, I am safe. I'm okay. Whatever resonates with you, but I like I am safe. That really just goes in deep. And it is the message the nervous system is wanting to feel. While you're holding here, you just keep breathing and you decide when you feel complete. You'll feel a shift, maybe a little bit more calm in your mind. And you decide when you're like, okay, good. So this is where you want to hold when you're feeling overwhelmed emotionally. Maybe you're in a rabbit hole. Maybe you're just feeling really scattered or anxious. I would say if you are preparing for, an open heart surgery, or you've just had it and you're recovering, you're going to want to do this every day and maybe several times a day. 
Repetition is key to these practices. Like everything else that is beneficial to us, we have to do that over and over. So you say, oh, I don't feel anything, Carrie. I'm not going to do this again. And I say, do it every day for 30 days. And if you still feel nothing, then don't do it. But I'm fairly certain that you're going to feel some support. So this is, you just go here. Like I do this if I'm talking to someone and I'm feeling triggered. You know, it's like a lot of times we wear necklaces. I do. And so it's like, it looks like I'm playing with my necklace or I'm scratching my neck, but I'm just kind of holding here. So it's kind of a good trick to just be like, everything's okay. Even if this, what this person is telling me is triggering me, I can calm my nervous system. Ah, and now I can have a new response to what this person is sharing with me. I use this when I can't get to sleep. See if, you know, you're laying on your side, you can just hold your fingers, you know, here. So this is called the triple warmer hold, but you just call it your nervous system love point or whatever resonates with you. <laughs> So that's uh, practice number one. How'd that feel for you? That's beautiful. I felt an immediate shift. And, you know, Carrie, I'm wondering for listeners who maybe don't have as much experience working with their nervous system, I'm wondering if it will take them a few tries just to like get in totally. touch and feel their body. And so I, I, I just want to encourage you, like it really does work. Give your body time to respond. And it's, this is free. You can do this when you're sitting in front of your doctor as they deliver you tough news. You can do this as you're opening medical bills. Like I found of all the things that happened over my heart journey, the most difficult part of it were the medical bills and the insurance. It was way harder than the actual act of getting cut open. And so I, I could see how just like as you're opening these envelopes with triggering numbers on the page of what you owe, like hold that triple warmer point. Yeah. Beautifully said. Yeah. I feel totally different. That's so great. It's so cool. Should I show you some more? Oh, please. So I think it's important um, that we know where our heart meridian is. And what's a meridian? So meridian, great question. So meridian is a channel. It's a pathway where energy moves. And in Chinese medicine, we have 14 meridians, main meridians, and they're going to run to our organs and they're going to help, you know, make sure that our organs are healthy as well as they're going to help move emotion. They're going to work on the subtle energy body, mentally, physically, emotionally, physically, but they're channels. I think of them like they're rivers that run through my body. And if there's like a dam somewhere, like I want to help move the water through that dam so it can be moving again freely. Great. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, okay. How we connect okay. to meridians. This is, we connect can connect to them through acupressure points. So points on the body where we can access the river channels. So we're going to access our heart meridian. And I just want to show like where the river runs and then we're going to hold a point to move the water. So just look at your left hand at your pinky finger and your heart meridian starts on the tip of the ring. Little is what I'm trying to say. 
pinky is what I really wanted to say. Pinky finger. <laughs> pinky. And it just is going to, it runs down the inside of your hand and it goes inside of the wrist and it continues all the way down to your elbow. And then it goes up your bicep and it lands at the chest. So that's just the channel starts from the pinky finger inside the arm to the chest on both both hands, both arms, same thing on the right. So we are now going to hold a point along this heart meridian. And so again, you'll find your left pinky finger and you'll run your fingers down the hand to the inside of your wrist. And you can put one or two fingers there. And you, this arm can be relaxed. You're just holding it on your lap. I'm just showing you're just going to hold right inside the wrist bone in line with the pinky finger. And this is heart seven. And as you're holding your fingers here, again, if you can close your eye, we can all be breathing, whether your eyes are open or closed, but we're just going to hold here and breathe. You might begin to notice heat or pulsation under your fingers. Our body communicates through its native language of vibration and pulsation. That is its language. So with our fingers here, we're communicating to the body. As we breathe, we're turning on the parasympathetic nervous system. And as we hold here, we're helping to calm the mind, invite in relaxation, when our overactive thinking has brought on anxiety. So it's going to relieve insomnia. It's going to reduce heart palpitations, regulate your heart by harmonizing its natural function, going to balance emotions and strengthen your spirit. So with these acupressure points, we're going to just hold here and breathe light pressure. You're not pressing in, you know, real firmly. It's just light pressure, a connection. So you want to hold these, you know, in real time, two to three minutes until you feel complete. And then you do want to go over and do the other side. Okay. So you'll go inside the inside of the, the right wrist bone in line with the pinky finger and you'd hold and breathe here. Again, you could be in conversation with someone. You could be watching your favorite show. You could be sitting and wanting to meditate and wanting some support to enter into that state and hold these points. So that's heart seven, an entry into your own heart meridian. That was great. It was so great. My cat wanted to to join. So um, she wanted to join. Yeah. She's sitting on my lap now. If you're, you know, breathing an intention to move energy, it's powerful. Like we talked about the prayer. Visualization is another powerful tool. You can imagine light flowing in to this point or water, like warm water, you know, just just a way to like connect into your heart healing two things i want to talk about to what yeah. you just did first one visualization and the second part strengthening spirit so let's start with visualization 
I spent quite a bit of time with my um, mental health therapist before surgery and on my own visualizing the entire hospital stay from the day before when I checked in to the heart surgery and then to coming out the other side, healing well, and then being ultimately healed, which I am now. And I really found that that was also instrumental. And I visualized my surgeon having a good day. I visualized all the other like assistants in in the OR being in a great Mm -hmm. mood. And then I visualized angels being in the room as well as like my guides. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I know that it worked because there was another procedure I had before that, which was the heart catheterization. And I had no idea what to expect. And I did no visualization. And I ended up Mm -hmm. being traumatized for over a year from the heart cath. But I had no trauma from the open heart surgery, which was obviously way more invasive. So I'm like the walking example of like visualization really works. Yeah. And then the the other thing I wanted to speak to is strengthening spirit. Now, part of me is like, Mm. oh, come on, really? I can like touch a little part of my wrist and, you know, I'm going to become like the spiritual warrior you know, like, let's talk about that a little bit more. What do you mean about that? Mm. Because I can tell you um, that like heart patients, certain spirits get a little hurt <laughs> in the process. And so oh, anything God. that can buoy I'm our sure. our spirit and both emotion and mental is, is so important. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You know, uh, what, talking about this point, um, it's called a shen, a shen point or a spirit point in acupuncture. And what I can understand about it is that it's like a, a gateway point to our, our spiritual self, the spiritual energy that we connect and tap into that's bigger and beyond us, but also lives within us. However, you communicate or connect or put a name or whatever. So I feel like it's a reminder that we are also spiritual beings having this human experience in this human body, which to me, at least in just my own, my own health journey, which has not included a heart surgery, but other things, I think remembering that our souls have these experiences for many reasons. Some of them we may never know during this life. They might just be a complete mystery and maybe other Um, Other times we do receive the message or we go through like a spiritual awakening when we have illness and injury. Um, I've watched you go through it. You've watched me in my own experiences. Every time we go through these really intense experiences and we don't know why they're happening to us, remembering that there is a, you know, there's a greater reason and purpose. And sometimes in the moment that doesn't feel very cozy and comforting and we're just like, well... I just think it's important to remember that we are these multifaceted beings. This isn't just your heart in just its physical form giving out there. That's one piece. Or I don't want to say giving out, but it's like it's here to show you something. There is a less. There are lessons. There are lessons for you to take away from the experience in the moment. That's hard to always know, but eventually. 
you're going to see, because you're already walking this, Suzanne, that what you went through is now inspiring you to help others who are going through the same thing. And so that's a part of the spiritual path or purpose of our, I guess, suffering. And then we can choose, are we going to stay in the suffering or are we going to choose to see it as a doorway into our next path of, of who we are? And the last thing I'm going to add with that is that it just feels like that every time we go through these experiences, we have layers peeled away that are not true. We thought we were this person or this was two of us. And it's like, no, actually, let's take that layer off. What's really true inside? And I feel like that's where illness and injury lead us to. Ooh, Would you agree? Uh, beautiful. And <laughs> you, oh, yes, 100%. And, you know, at the beginning of my journey, you know, when I found I had three defects in my heart, I mean, I just took on this persona that I was defective. And I ran with that for months. And it really put me into a really difficult, sticky headspace that I think, you know, I was, I truly believe my, I don't know really what I truly believe in anymore. I just know that there's a higher power and that I know I'm well cared for. And, you know, I kind of call it the universe, you know, and I want people of all faiths and spiritualities to feel comfortable listening to this podcast. And so I honor mm -hmm. you, listener, wherever you're at in your journey. But for me, like, I just believed I was just this like reject body and blamed my mom who had already passed. But, you know, hey, I grew in her belly. So like, it's her fault. And, you know, I think I, I had to go through all of that because I had to grieve that all of a sudden at yeah. age 42, I found out that I wasn't perfect. Not that I really felt like I was perfect, but like that the very like essence of what kept me alive, which was my heart, was not perfect. Yeah. And so yeah. I had to work with my spirit. And I remember the times that you did Reiki on me. I left. I... I the only way I can describe it is when I would leave your house, I would feel like I was vibrating at a much higher level. <laughs> and if, the, you know, there was ever an example of our thoughts create our reality, it was me walking around saying, I'm defective, I'm defective, I'm defective. And then my vibration would get lower and lower and lower. Yeah. And it's no different than you walk into a room and someone's grumpy, you can feel that and that their grumpiness affects the room versus you walk into a room yeah. with like a comedian and the room is just like so happy and it's like buzzing with good energy, right? And so thankfully, yeah. Yeah. you were willing to meet me where I was at. And I would say that that's part of a really effective Reiki um, healer is they're able to meet you where you're at and that's you. But we were able to get my spirit to kind of come around and and get more in alignment. And yeah. now I can say, you know, we're recording this on in mid-January, which was around my two-year heart anniversary, and which was yesterday. And I was thinking to myself, wow, that was one of the greatest weeks of my life. And here I was having my chest cut open. I threw up 25 times post-sternotomy. And then I had too much of a laxative, which caused another problem. Like it was oh, this epic, my. you know, five days in the hospital. Yeah. And I yeah. now say it's the greatest week of my life. And it's just because I think I finally 
came to the awareness of like what it really means to be alive and anything that was part of my spirit that was not serving me was literally like it literally lifted out of my body when when my chest was cut open yeah yeah and it thankfully i've been able to keep mostly in alignment since because i i'm not afraid to go back to that week and look at the pictures that my husband took yeah it's not that yeah. i'm like wanting re- to relive it and re- wringing my wrist and so i want to relive it because it was that amazing of an experience and i just don't think you know you hear of open heart surgery as being this horrific thing but i don't think it has to be it does not have to be yeah. we do not have to bill surgery as like this ending of your life or like it it does not have to be as hard as society makes it mm-hmm. at least what i think yeah Whew. you just you know it just felt that and i and i remember you sharing the process of that week and it was just like literally like everything that was not of you that cleansed out and so what i love about you suzanne is that you know, you come to a Reiki session before that and you're just like, I don't feel like forgiving my mom. I feel like being angry. And I'm like, good. Okay. Be angry then. Be in your anger because what I don't want you to think is that like you need to judge your anger as bad or wrong and, you know, stuff it away. But you, you're able to be authentic and just like this is how I'm feeling. And I think that's why you are where you're at right now because we've talked about And I know you brought this up in your blog about like toxic positivity and how like when we're so focused on thinking, well, we just need to feel joy and gratitude all the time. And if we're not, we just need to try harder. You know, whatever the message is out there that you're just like, okay, that's not the way. The way through to the joy is through the grief. It's through feeling the anger and feeling the grief, feeling the loss that like, oh, my heart isn't perfect in the way I thought. Like that's a loss, right? You've navigated and come into more of a, uh, just an opening of feeling those emotions, you know, even like more recently that is like the bridge to the joy. Like we think we just have to, we just go to the joy, but it's like, oh, but they're the same coin, but just different sides. So I want to talk about that just in terms of like energetically our heart and our lungs are located in the heart chakra. So a chakra is just this, it's like a circling vortex of energy and we have it in our heart and in the chest, front, side, back. It holds our lungs. Our lungs are protecting the heart and the pericardium is around the heart. And so your lungs are here to actually protect your heart. And when we go through the experience of feeling grief and energy is moved there, our lungs strengthen and it's, and then it's able to protect our heart more. When we have lungs that are not honoring grief, not feeling it, we're more vulnerable in our heart. That makes sense? Yeah. Wow. I guess I did want to just share. So you're saying that feeling... Sorry to interrupt, but no. you're saying that feeling sad, like allowing feeling our sadness get protects us? Yeah, because it's like you're feeling this energy of grief, which in energy medicine is in our lungs. Our grief is held in our lungs. And our heart, when our heart is like 
healthy vibe and free flow and energy, we feel joy. When our joy isn't there, I just, I have had this in my own experience. And I, and I also can see how it works with Chinese medicine, energy medicine. They're one and the same is that the heart is strengthened when we feel our grief. Wow. And so it's I've a never portal. heard it put that way before. Incredible. You know, I think of that, that I see a bumper sticker a lot, you know, and like the ski world and it's like no bad days and another hashtag you'll see hashtag no bad days or there's a bumper sticker. And then um, another one is another best day. And I, I get that, you know, especially in skiing, people want to talk about the stove can get people excited. And, but I think it, it, it also only continues to perpetuate that, that positive toxic positivity culture. And that I, you know, write about that we need to be given the permission to like, you know, have, you know, a boilerplate groomer day and be okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And in fact, uh, yeah. looking at it as just as important as the powder day, that's a paradigm yeah. shift, you know, like the rest mm-hmm. day, the day that like, I just need to cry for a little while. I need to rest. I need to just feel the way I'm feeling and then notice how much better I feel after that. But it's not always easy to access Mm. that. So that's why we go back to like the nervous system in balance. I feel like it's the key to even being able to enter in a little bit more into those emotions. If your nervous system isn't feeling safe, it's not going to feel safe to feel old grief. I was just going to share, if we have time, Mm -hmm. just a couple of other acupressure points in terms of helping moving grief. We've talked about grief, you and I. Because I have, I've had greater access to that emotion in my life based on my soul is here to help clear grief from my own family, ancestral lineage, maybe past lives. I'm just here to help move that grief. And so it's more accessible to me. But we've talked about how it hasn't been as accessible for you. Right. I tend to be more um, of a flamethrower than a crier. Yeah. So anyways, we've joked before, like, I'm here to cry for you and for all the people who don't cry as easily. I'm just, I'm helping to move the energy. Were you going to say something before I show these points? Yeah, well, I think this is a good segue because, you know, sometimes I, I feel like I lack the courage to really grieve because I want to always have a good day, because I want to have fun, because I want to experience joy. And if I take a few minutes to cry or even just feel sad, then I feel like I've squandered a day, Uh you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking, you know, I haven't had a drink in 12 and a half years. And, you know, so I don't like numb through alcohol. I don't do drugs. Sure, I might eat a little more chocolate chocolate than what's, you know, reasonable, but like, but I still find that I want to run from grief. And so, you know, my numbing now is to be busy. And I find that, you know, I'm a pretty courageous being, except when it comes time to really feel deep grief and then all courage drains from me. So do you have like a, and I have a feeling I'm not alone in this, I think. In fact, I'm a little worried that I'm really not alone in this. And so based on what you were just sharing about how when we allow 
ourselves to feel grief and how that can strengthen the muscles of the heart. And I think I was understanding that correctly. Like that was new to me. Do you have a tool you can give us to even just access our courage before we even allow grief to move through us? Or are these next two things you want to show us enough and gentle enough that someone like me who has to quickly like go do something instead of feel my feelings could like sit my butt in a chair and actually do the exercise. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to say about, you know, when our hands touch our body. So like if you put your left hand over your chest or over your heart and your right hand on your belly, just this hands-on, gentle, loving touch, there's something that almost immediately can happen, whether you're aware of it the first time you do this or two months from now. But this is a calming touch to our nervous system. And again, just tying it back to just like, slow down, just breathe, take five breaths into the nose, out to the mouth. Ah. So this is where I would start. I'd start here. Maybe my fingers go up to that sternal notch area. I just take, you know, just take a few breaths. It doesn't have to take long. And then, so that seems to just like, you know, it just slows us down to, to pause and to feel. Feel whatever we're feeling. And then crossing your hands at the upper chest here, right into like the corners of the chest. If you just like slide your hands down like a couple inches and your hands are just here, you're just going to breathe again and you're you're actually going to make a connection with your lung points now. Lung one to be specific. You're just going to hold here. You can press in, you could massage if that feels good, or just hold and breathe. Now I'm going to bring in sound. And the sound that I'm going to invite you to try out as you exhale your breath is the sound of S, like you're like a snake. All right. So you'll inhale into your belly, exhale. And you could make that S sound a couple more times. Again, that might just feel like that's enough. You're holding and breathing. A lot of times when I go to these points here, I just say, I release now grief from my lungs. And then I breathe in and I exhale. And then I let my hands just slide over my heart. And sometimes I'll bring in that visualization again into my lungs. This time it's just white light pouring into my lungs. And the energy I'm drawing in is peace or acceptance. So, you know, you just choose that word that resonates for you. And this whole practice took about two, maybe three minutes. Maybe this activates tears for you, where then you have a little bit more of that water release or tears or cleansing and healing. Maybe you just feel lighter and that's the grief has moved through. So it's not like we have to cry to release our grief and sadness. Wow. You know, just of those two words, acceptance and peace, peace was more resonant. I think I fully accepted 
my journey. Yeah. I still have a little more peace to make with it all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, a lot of listeners will also resonate with the fact that once you find out about things with your heart and maybe have some of it or all of it corrected, it doesn't mean that's the end, you know, like there's still monitoring and future follow-up visits with your cardiologist. And then, you know, you never get to not think about your heart again. You know, I, I often explain that, you know, I don't walk around thinking about my spleen or my kidneys, but I definitely think about my heart every day. And it's, it takes up a lot of emotional and mental real estate. And so like learning and it needs to, you know, like I still need to be careful. And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's like, how do you find the right amount? And Mm -hmm. all the, all the practices you've shared today, like help me to still consider my heart every day Mm -hmm. so that I don't overdo it, but I don't get into a triggered space about it, which has been the problem. So I really, I really like yeah. this long, the long points in the mm-hmm. piece, mm-hmm. particularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just want to explain how I would use that in my personal practice. Absolutely. Oh, this has been beautiful. Anything else you want to share mm-hmm. with us today? Well, I just thought we would close by using our own sound. We talked about Love sound healing and we've talked about, you mm-hmm. know, those of you who have never done a sound bath, there's different instruments. Uh, I play singing bowls, drum, there's chimes, gong, and then I use my voice. And so that's all great to receive. And But for just your own like daily life practices, being able to use your own sound to move energy, move emotions is uh, just another empowered tool. So I just thought we would close by using a sound for the heart a sound that helped to bring it into balance to release emotions. And it's very simple, which I always think is better. Um, And you could, again, you could choose to put your hands over your heart. Maybe you're feeling tender. You've just had surgery and that doesn't feel accessible. Then just put your hands wherever they feel good on your body or by your sides. And the sound that we're going to make on our exhale is the sound of A-H. So we'll inhale into the belly. And we'll exhale. Uh, uh, and we'll breathe in again. The exhale, the sound of ah, uh, can be any tone. It's not about singing. It's just ah. Uh, uh, using that vibration. Wow, I feel that right in my heart center. Yeah, and so just pause and feel and notice. I often feel like it lights up my smile, my face with a smile. Like I just kind of feel like a lift of endorphin (laughs) energy. Um, so yeah, just using the sound. And, you know, for (sighs) listeners who might be like, what the heck are they doing now? Like, you know, it's no different than screaming. I screamed the other day by myself in my car 
over health insurance and I felt so much better. <laughs> so this is just a, a, you know, different type of screaming. It is. They both <laughs> it doesn't have to be vibration in the body. Yeah, it's, <laughs> exactly. And a lot of times it's like sounds there like, ah, we already make sounds like that. But it's just like, you know, using your own sound. It actually, it activates the vagus nerve that runs from the brain to the belly. So it's activating the parasympathetic nervous system. If you want to know like why or what, why would I do this? But it's like, it's just another way to support that system as well as your heart. And I can promise you listeners that you will not hear any of this in a standard Western medical hospital. And you'll get the, you know, the standard, you know, American diet in the hospital, be given the medications, which, which they are important. I'm on a medication for my heart, but you know, this, this only adds to your healing and I can promise it will make your journey just so much easier and dare I say it, joy filled if you are courageous enough to work with your feelings as I'm still working up the gumption to do. But yeah, it just, there are, there are so many Reiki practitioners across the country and carries um, also available. And, you know, you don't have to do this alone and you don't have to just rely on what the one surgeon tells you or cardiologist. I have found that I have needed an, a, a very large team of people and every single person has been instrumental in my healing. And that includes my incredible surgeon and the different cardiologists and the nurses, but it also includes my acupuncturist and Carrie and my massage therapist. Like you, this is such a monumental event for the body that you just can't assume that you know, you go to the hospital, get your open heart surgery, do some cardiac rehab, and then down the road, you go skipping, you know, merrily and happily ever after. It's, it's more than that. If, if, and, and the more you put into it and the more you're aware of your recovery, it, it's amazing what your life has in store for you. If you're willing to let it, don't just be just the standard American, or if you're listening overseas, you know, I don't just be the standard heart patient, be the extraordinary heart patient. Amen. Well, I think, I think we've said that all that needs to be said. Every listener should be levitating by now. I think think we're all levitating. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you, Carrie Potter for joining me today on the heart chamber. Thank you, Suzanne, for having me. Let's do this again sometime. And that's the show for today. Thank you for spending part of your day with me. The Heart Chamber exists because of you. If you find value in this podcast, consider donating to this cause. Go to theheartchamberpodcast.com and go to the donate link. And hey, while you're there, feel free to leave me a voicemail. I want to hear from you. Lastly, don't forget to leave a review and make sure you subscribe so you never miss another Tuesday edition of The Heart Chamber. Thanks again. Have a great week. And I'll be back next week with more stories of open heart surgery and recovery.